0: welcome everyone back to the broadcast i'm david woods from Bruin report online the ucla site on the 24 7 sports network and i am joined on this beautiful friday afternoon by tracy pearson tracy how are you
1: <laughs> i'm okay dave how are you
0: i'm splendid never been better uh just thriving really you know yes
1: yes i i can hear it in your voice yeah uh we do have a lot Usually, we every podcast starts out and says, there's so much to talk about this week. But we actually have a lot to talk about this week.
0: So much yes. to talk about. And guess what, everyone? It probably won't be about the coronavirus. No. <laughs> we're not going to do it. Yeah. Today, we're not. We're we're not. Gonna talk because, we're not. I, I want to say it, the Pac-12 has defeated the coronavirus. It has. Yeah. It has. Ann- announced this week, the Pac-12 has cured. Nope. No, they haven't cured it.
1: If everyone knew that just the L test was enough, that that was the game changer. Who knew? We all just knew.
0: We all knew it. Um, But the Pac-12 has uh, decided they have uh, the setup, the skills, the talent, the time, the talent, the treasure to move forward with a football and a basketball season this year. Uh, Pac-12 announcing yesterday uh, that football season will begin the weekend of November 7th, and that basketball season will begin... November 25th so that is very exciting news uh it was anticipated that something to that effect would be happening there was a lot of debate coming in whether football season would begin the weekend of Halloween the weekend of the 7th or perhaps even later uh but they ultimately settled on the 7th after what sounds like a little bit of a debate and uh now we get to anticipate and plan for and preview an actual competitive well you know, close enough to a competitive football yeah. season.
1: That's exciting. It is. And let's do a little bit of uh, horn tooting. Yes, I love to I mean, toot horns. We were right all over this, right? When we said the weekend of November 7th and we... I
0: know I was all over it when I kept saying that there would be no football season.
1: Yeah, well, okay. Yeah, so there was that. Yeah. But I mean, in some of the details about when...
0: when oh, you were using started, the royal we. I was
1: trying to include us both in. Yes. I
0: appreciate that, but I'm too intellectually honest to be included in such a discussion.
1: That's true. That's true. Okay, so when I was right. Yeah, like, yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, not a big deal. Not really a tooting horn, but we did see, receive a little bit of flack for, you know, we said this the weekend of the seven. Other reports came out on the 31st. Everyone, some people said we were wrong. You know what? The, all the bros believe us, and that's the only thing that counts.
0: No, right. honestly, that's the only thing that counts in so many areas in life. Yes, I don't really care about anybody, like my children, any of my family. As long as the bros believe in me, nobody else has to.
1: I lie wantonly to my wife, but as long as I'm honest with the bros, I yeah. feel good about myself. No,
0: no, no, like I, I am a a dastardly fellow in real life, but on the boards, that's their opinion is the only opinion that matters.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Okay, so this season, Dave. Um, Wow. It's it's going to be interesting. Uh, it's six games with a uh, with a potential seventh played on that same weekend as the Pac-12 championship. Yeah. Um, it hasn't really been determined what that I mean, I, I tried to find it. Have you found what that seventh game is going to be?
0: No, they don't know. So yeah, I, think, don't know. I think it might depend. I think it might be w- you wait until the end, and I could see two different strategies depending. Okay, I said I wasn't going to talk about the coronavirus. but Let's talk just uh, briefly because it might affect scheduling. It affects. If, if things have spiked by then but not enough to cancel any games, I could see them being cautious at that point and scheduling uh, basically a second game with whatever your proximate opponent is, right? Like, so say if it's USC and UCLA both didn't make the um, Pac 12 championship game that day. Okay, you guys are just going to play again. Um, Or Or, or if nothing has happened, yeah, yeah. Or if nothing has happened, then they could just line up the top two teams play each other. Then the second two teams play each other cross divisional and have that be the entire championship day. And then you really do get, like, what would it be? Uh, Washington State versus UCLA as the six versus six.
1: Yes, um, that could be what happens. They could also line up uh, the Big Ten. Ooh, third place plays, third place, fourth place plays. You're fourth getting place. too
0: excited. You're getting way too excited. I'm
1: telling you, I think they're leaving it open for that. I've heard that uh, they talked. They talked a little bit in kind of a little bit in obscurity about it. Uh, I think they're leaving a lot of options. Or it could just be like some kind of pseudo bowl game. There's a lot they can do and they're leaving it open-ended. I
0: believe. I, I love it. I love open ends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, you asked me earlier if I love toot horning and or her- tooting horns and I love Where? open ends. What's wrong with your that? Your mind.
1: Your mind. Your mind gutter like backstrokes kind of thing. Backstrokes, now you're talking. Yeah. Um, oh my god. Yeah. So uh, interesting, yeah. but and so If it plays six games, you've got the five divisional games and then one cross divisional game uh, to determine the Pac 12 championship. Now, whether the Pac 12 champion is even considered for the college football playoffs, still to be determined. Um, uh, The NCAA has said it does not have a qualifying number of games. I think they're probably in their mind there will be, but I think a lot of it will be based on who, you know, if you're 6 and 0, well, 7 and 0, you won the Pack, what that schedule looked like. You know, did, you know, if Oregon or USC are aspiring to that, maybe they should schedule each other. Maybe they should work to make that the cross divisional game so they've got that on their belt. Yeah. Um, there's a lot to be. There's a lot to be sorted out there, but I don't think you can preclude the Pac-12 from getting a team in the college football playoffs. Is it likely? Well, no. Did you see that interview with Chip Kelly on Dan Patrick? When Dan Patrick asked him, and come on, I mean, you probably are, you know, Pac-12, he's like, yeah, oh, you're probably right.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so one one nitpicky bone of contention are they counting the um, the uh, cross-division game in the conference standings? Because yes, they shouldn't. They are. They shouldn't, because that actually is... Like, if you can add, a you know, whatever they usually do, it's four, uh, I think it's four, yeah, four cross-divisional games. At least there is some equity, but you do end up with those years where UCLA or USC ends up with Oregon State and Washington State instead of Oregon and Washington. But there's no equity this year. Whoever gets... Whoever gets UCLA from the north or Colorado from the north and whoever gets whatever it's going to be, Stanford, Washington State, whoever the bad teams are in the north, uh, they're going to have a step up in the conference standings. They'll get the extra game against the best opponent on the other side. Um, they should just base it off of the round robin portion of the schedule. And then you've just got an extra game that essentially functions as a non-conference because it's going to be. That will cause issues unless they really do work the schedule so that the best teams are getting the uh, softest matchups. Like they should make it so Oregon you know, gets UCLA or Colorado. They should make it so USC or ASU gets Washington State or Stanford. Um,
1: but you're going opposite of what – I get that. But let's say you actually aspire for the college football playoffs. You don't want to take the easiest – path to the Pac-12 championship you
0: want to take the easiest path to the best opponent which is going to be the the team you face in the Pac-12 championship game Uh, you don't want you don't if you're USC and you're trying to go to the playoff for example you don't want to play Oregon twice which is what might happen if you have to play them once during the season and then once again in the Pac-12 title game
1: that's all rolling dice though because let's say Somehow, Oregon doesn't. I make love, good by the coaches. way,
0: that I'm not even entertaining the possibility that it's UCLA who wants to avoid. You know, Oregon I, I twice. saw,
1: I saw you skip right over. In fact, not only did you not say that, you you said you kind of, I wouldn't even say implied. I'd say you flat out said that Oregon should schedule UCLA.
0: Well, I think UCLA should be. I mean, I'm being a little bit facetious because Arizona is probably going to be right there with Colorado is the worst, and it'll be UCLA kind of middle of the packish, but. Yeah, but that's what I mean, people get what I'm saying. Um, I think I think it would behoove you to not count that game, no matter what. And if you if you don't count it, then maybe you can schedule a tougher opponent. But if you do count it, I think it has to be a weaker opponent from the other side for the best teams, because you don't want to stack a loss on your teams that potentially could go to the playoff. Because no matter how much the committees and everybody say, you know, they're basing it off of statistics and advanced metrics and all that stuff. They're still looking for a zero in the loss column.
1: Yeah, but I I, I basically agree. I'm now playing just devil's advocate. Let's say you're um, uh, – let's say you are Oregon and you want – you're pretty confident you're going to make it to the Pac-12 championship and you're going to be undefeated. You want – and let's say you think USC is going to come out of the South. You would want it who do we think is the second best team in the Pac-12 South? ASU.
0: ASU. ASU, or Utah, maybe.
1: Schedule either one of those two, then. I would say schedule one of those three, because you know we always know SC will, SC will kind of, not make it there at the end, don't you think?
0: <laughs> yeah, and you're gonna. Really... Yeah,
1: I, I was just, pla- I was saying what you always say. You no, say, no, I mean it's Clay Helton. I Houlton.
0: fed you. I fed but you. It's you... it's Clay Helton, so the odds are yeah, pretty good. He's not gonna make it. I'm more okay. thinking. Um, I don't know. I I think there's a very, very thin chance that any Pac-12 team is going to make it because you're going to have a few different issues. Um, But the SEC, they're going to be playing a lot of games against SEC opponents. Um, They're going to have great strength of schedule, great metrics, all that kind of stuff. And there could be a situation where, I mean, how many games are they trying to play? Ten?
1: Something like that? Yeah, you know, sorry, don't know. But yeah, maybe that.
0: It's like (laughs) nine or ten. Okay. Uh, if if you've got a lot of SEC teams that are in like the nine and one, eight and two, or that range, I, I don't even know if an S if a seven and zero Pac twelve team is getting in this year. And normally, all things being equal, I think the undefeated Pac twelve teams are pretty much a shoe in to get in. Um, but this year, it's going to be weird because the Pac twelve is playing fewer games than everyone else. So.
1: It's, it's way too hard to even anticipate. I mean, there are no buys. What are the chances all the Pac-12 teams get through the season without having to cancel a game? Better Unlike, than the
0: chances of any other league, but yeah, agreed.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, there could be other teams. Those SEC teams could end up playing seven or eight games. Oh, yeah, I think on average so, they're going to
0: average less. I mean, I think they have ten scheduled, and I think it's going to be fewer than nine that they actually get in per team.
1: Right. So if you're Oregon, wouldn't you aspire to getting in the college football playoff and you want to try to give yourself the best path to get to be considered for the college football playoffs? And at this point, it's really complicated to figure out which that is. But I would think if you're Oregon and you think you're the best team in the Pac-12, you would want to schedule that cross divisional game with a good team, even though you're saying You'd rather have them just know they can win. Why you wanted them to play UCLA? That's right. Yeah.
0: That's exactly right. Um, but anyway, our debate about what would be better for teams that are not UCLA kind of ignores the fact that UCLA is going to be playing a football season. That's
1: it kind exciting. of ignores the fact that UCLA is going to be playing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: So yeah. what do we think? What do we think? Let's just do the divisional because I would be stunned if UCLA's cross divisional game is not Cal. I I would be I if we're doing odds, like we're in Caesar's sports book, yeah, I would, are, I would think they would, match, the
0: they, they would try to match up some sort of, if there are rivalries to do them. Um, so that probably means USC Stanford, UCLA Cal, I think would be the yeah. kind of more natural, uh, situation. And also I think they're they are still going to be somewhat safety conscious. And those two situations potentially allow for bus travel too. I don't think yes. they would do it, but it allows for it. Um, so I would I would bet on that. Yeah, I think that makes the most sense. And then the other ones they were going to have to fly anyway. Um, but maybe you it, do. You know, I don't know.
1: And it's a short flight. Yeah, that, that's 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 actually really significant how long the flight is. But we're not talking about COVID nineteen.
0: No, we're not doing uh, it. We're not talking about the coronavirus. So
1: let's let's do this. Um, you're still it's it's hard because so much of the dynamic of working out a season prediction is the um, how the games fall. In that schedule? Yeah. Right? But we're going to do that without that. So let's just say beginning of the season, end of the season against SC, that's still a loss. Right? Yes. Okay. So zero and one yeah, is what we're saying. Um, I would have to think that all the games will be where they were supposed to be played before. Correct? So let's say next best team might be ASU. It's at ASU. Right? Right? Mm-hmm. What do you what are you saying on that? Uh, I would say that is a UCLA loss. Okay, so we're zero and two, mm-hmm. Arizona Arizona at the Rose Bowl. That's a win. Okay, one and two, at Colorado. Uh, that's a
0: toss up. I'll give it a win.
1: A win. Okay, two and two, uh, and what do we have left? Um,
0: Utah Utah. I think that will be at the Rose Bowl. I still think it's a loss.
1: Okay, so that's say two and three. Cal, which was uh, – where were we in Cal? I'm getting, I, Cal's it's good. so long ago. No, I mean Cal was there, correct? Cal what? was –
0: no, Cal was at the home. Uh, the Rose Bowl.
1: Okay, and you're thinking a loss there. Yeah, loss. So two and four. Right.
0: Um, right. And then say they get, they get lined up against – well, two and four probably puts them in the bottom tier. Let's say my plan of doing cross-divisional works out. I think that lines you up with Washington State.
1: Washington State, which was at the well, it was at the Rose Bowl, wasn't it? No, it was. God, why can I not remember? I blocked. No, it was it in up. Pullman.
0: That was the big was comeback in Pullman. in Pullman. So that'll be at the Rose Bowl. So we'll call it a win because of that. So three right. and four. Three and four.
1: Ah, uh, okay. Um,
0: that feels right. That feels that feels almost dead on to me.
1: That's because that's what we were predicting before, also. Yeah. But. You know, not much has changed with, with personnel. They lost Jake Burton, but they did get Paul Gratton, yep. who, from what I've heard, is easily considered a plugged-in starter. Um, so they're kind of right where they were. You know, for how long was it there, a month and a half or something, when they had uh, Paul Grattan committed and Jake Burton was still there, and you finally said, wow, look at that. They actually, and then that lasted a month and a half. So they are kind of where they are. They've got four offensive linemen that you feel pretty strongly about, and they need to find a fifth, and the depth is really questionable. But not much else has changed personnel-wise. They really haven't lost anyone else. There are teams that Stanford's lost a number of grad transfers and two guys who have opted out. Um, As you said last week, was it last week? what? Oregon has a few guys who have opted out. So, all in all, UCLA's personnel, it's really, if you had thought two months ago, who would be playing, they've only lost one guy. That's true. Uh, the hey, West... and you know what?
0: Yes. Baylor hasn't played a football game yet.
1: Baylor hasn't played. Uh, they're supposed to play this weekend, correct?
0: Yeah, against Kansas.
1: Too bad it's not Houston. I know. <laughs> Houston... Houston is the no,
0: curse. Houston was last week. <laughs> I know, but
1: any <laughs> who's Houston supposed to play this week?
0: I don't know. I think it already mean, got just, canceled.
1: Just turn around and go home. Yep. I mean um, so among the Pac twelve South, there aren't uh, Arizona lost its linebacker, right? Yeah. Colin Schooler. I know Arizona State. Have they lost anyone?
0: Not that I know of.
1: Not that I know of. So Utah. Has not, not yeah, lost I know so pretty much it is where what it was when you were doing your little primers in the off season. True that. um So yeah, that's probably why you feel you know pretty good about that three and four. Uh, what is three and bigger picture? What does three and four do for Chip Kelly?
0: Um, I, nothing good. Um, I, I have a hard time seeing them firing him after such a very strange year. Um, I think well, probably... there's,
1: there's that little pesky buyout thing. So yeah. I, yeah. Yeah.
0: It doesn't I mean... do anything good. It sets up next year as like, not just a must have a decent season, but I think it's must have an objectively great season. Like, I think they have to be really good in 2021. Um, but other than that, I mean, it's, it's obviously bad. It doesn't do anything to buy him time.
1: Yeah. Um, but let's you know uh, here's the thing we're, we're kind of down on the football program obviously but let's talk about I wouldn't something. say that you would too <laughs> you say it every week <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about some things that could be exciting I mean I did this story that the top 10 UCLA players that need to step up for 2020 I mean there's some exciting things in there um and I don't know why, among all those guys. Well, I do know why. The guy I'm most excited about, seriously, is Antonio Maffi. One of my favorite guys since he arrived at UCLA. You've got to have a sweet spot for a guy who's, how much, how much did he weigh when he came in? 380?
0: No, nah, he was over four.
1: Okay, over four. Played last year at 340 to 350, probably. Lost 50-plus pounds. Uh, makes the move to offensive lineman uh, in spring because he had just made the move. He he was working third string, but because I like Antonio Maffi and he's one of my favorite guys, I watched him. And in the drills, I gotta tell you, and it was incredibly limited. But the way he operated in the drills, he looked like a he looked like a grown man playing against guys who were quite a bit younger and smaller than he was. And just like, this is just child's play. So that's why and I watched him once. I said, that was impressive. Watched him again and was generally impressed in those three days. I I think he's a key to this. If he steps up and he can play, Alec Anderson will probably move to the right tackle spot with Jake Burton moving on. And then Maffey can give you solid play let's say as good as chris murray last year or or a little bit better that's a, and no injuries i think we you got the makings of a pretty solid offensive line but Antonio Maffi one guy i'm really excited to watch just you know because i like him damian sellers the incoming freshman i have written it a few times i think he's going to uh jump up to probably the top of the depth chart at that outside linebacker kind of defensive end pass rush position he I think he has a chance he was the highest rated prospect in the 2020 class for UCLA probably one of the most talented guys man I really want to go back probably one of the most two or three most talented guys that Chip Kelly has brought in Uh, reminiscent he's not on the same level but you know uh uh I could say Miles I don't know, it's hard. People are gonna hold me to it.
0: You already, you already started it, so you gotta know I it.
1: did, didn't I? A little bit Miles Jackish, I'd say, just the way he plays, his body type, um, the quickness, the athleticism. Excited to see him. And then probably overall my besides Oso Digazua, my favorite guy on defense last year was Carl Jones. Because the guy was fast. Let's just say he was quick. He showed flashes of speed. So in a whole new position, that kind of hybrid safety linebacker where, from what I saw, it looks like fun. You can roam all over the field and basically line up wherever you want and do whatever you want. And I think he's the, a, a great guy to do that. So there, those are a few guys I'm, I'm excited to see play. How about you, Dave?
0: Um, I'm excited to see the return of Quentin Lake. Um, after, you know, being out for much of last year. Uh, I think his return will stabilize the backside a little bit on defense. Um, Maybe take a little bit off of uh, Blaylock at the other safety spot. Um, I'm excited to just kind of see what they have at running back. I don't know if I'm excited to see any one guy, but see what Britton Brown looks like. Just see if any of those other dudes can play at all because um, God knows they're going to have to get opportunities, because um, I think it's going to be some auditions for uh, Joshua Kelly's open spot, because right in the Demetric Felton number... Well, God, I'm really giving it away right here, Tracy.
1: Demetric <laughs> yeah, Felton
0: coming in at number three in the top 30 thing. I was just thinking about it, and I'm like, yeah, man, I, I don't think a situation where he's your number one true running back is going to be a really good one. So they better hope Britton Brown is either capable of... Ho- carrying the rock for you know i guess it's only seven straight games so it's not that much but still injury free um but i'm excited to see what they've got there um but yeah the continued growth of kyle phillips i think that's going to be fun to watch um he impressed me a lot last year with just how consistent he was and how able he was just game in and game out even without you know having much of a year the year before because of injury of his own um so I'm excited to see his continued growth but honestly and uh, not to go negative Tracy. No, we're you, trying
1: to be positive ne- about the players But but, right but now, I
0: right. will say this. I, I'm just I got to do it. I got to do it Tracy. Okay. You ready for it? Okay. Are you ready? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. I got
0: to do it. Doing the top 30 this year it struck me um this is one of the least talented rosters I can remember since early New
1: Yeah. And and would you say also Uh, One of the most unknown uh,
0: Very unknown
1: Uncertainties I'm very
0: interested in a lot of it Yeah. yeah, But we're talking about a lot of sleepers We're talking about a lot of guys who I'm interested to see what that looks like Because I have no idea if that guy's any good Um, Like when I'm talking about the running back room I have no idea Like none I'm really interested to see that because maybe there's a few diamonds in there But I I really don't know
1: Yeah Um, I mean Martell Irby we don't know you that well no, and, we've
0: seen a year of you where you looked okay, and then you basically didn't play last year. So And then your, man? Body,
1: and your body kind of changed, too. I mean, we don't know you. We yeah. don't know Britton. We don't know Britton Brown. Keegan uh, Casimir Allen, <laughs> he had one 65-yard run, and then since then... Yeah, he had
0: like three flashes last year at the end of the year, and
1: that was it. Keegan Jones? Nothing. No idea. Jamal McClendon, Christian Jam- Grubb? Christian Grubb and Jamal McClendon. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... Isn't it, doesn't there just have to be no, a guy? No, but it's,
0: it's fun. It's interesting. Like, it's, it's fun, it's fun to look at. It is. I just, I, I, there, there aren't, there aren't like that many guys. Like it, it was amazing to me. And this is no knock on anybody in that list. Cause I think they're all talented players, but it was up into the top 10 before I was like, that's a dude, you know, yeah. where I was yeah, like, yeah. oh yeah, that guy, that guy can play. Um, remember
1: go- when we used to do that? I mean, we would be going through some guys, Kenny Clark, uh, you know, just dudes, real dudes, who are all in the NFL right now. Right now, there are just so many question marks in that list. Yeah, but it makes it—it it makes it fun.
0: You're yeah, right. Yeah, but like Bo Calvert, it... he's—I think we had him at number six. We've seen him take like four snaps in his career. <laughs> Not—I'm exaggerating, but exactly. Not really.
1: Like yeah, compared to like Chris Barnes last year, yeah, who was a was a two-year or a three-year starter, where we had him ranked top five last year, I think. Now we have Bo Calvert, who, uh, I I mean, a lot of people, if they walk down to the field, they'd say, who's that? (laughs) Exactly.
0: And so it's just, it's going to be a really interesting year because a lot of these guys could emerge. um, But it's just eyeballing it. I'm just, I have so many questions. And it makes it fun at this stage of the cycle because we get to say, okay, well, how are they going to answer that question? How are they going to replace Devin Asiasi's explosive production? Like, how are we going to replace... 20-yard uh, catches, you know, as frequently as they used to get them with Devin Asiasi. Is it going to be Kyle Phillips taking deeper routes? Is it going to be somebody else emerging? Is it going to be Michael Zeki coming off the, uh, off the pine from last year and, and stepping up? Like, now, I don't what know. What was
1: that? That was Who rude. knows? Who knows? We're, so
0: we're, much... we're, we're yeah. staring at a closed-box system with Trip Kelly. No no sunlight comes out except what you can glean from sources. So, who knows?
1: And then um, Rayshad Ray Williams. I mean, you've got Darnay Holmes, who's gone. Yeah, Rashad, and then is Elijah Gates uh, like the thing is? Uh, Elijah, Elijah Gates goes to fourth string in spring. Yeah, and so Rashad Williams takes over that spot. Okay, is he going to reclaim played. his
0: confidence? Is he going to is he going to find the player he was as a redshirt freshman?
1: Who knows? He, he was good. He was really freshman. good.
0: He was really good opposite Darnay Holmes, and then it was like he forgot how to play last year. Which no knock on him. It seemed like everyone in the secondary kind of did. And then wait, specialists. Who knows? <laughs> new punter, new kicker. I, I It's one of the most who knows teams yeah. I can remember. And yeah. we're not even talking about the relatively sure qualities like Dorian Thompson-Robinson. But the, frankly, Dorian Thompson-Robinson is a who knows. Wait,
1: who knows the biggest, what they're getting there. We're missing out on the biggest who knows. Brian Norwood of the new defense. Who knows? Who knows? You don't know. We
0: watched yeah. Navy and we don't know. <laughs> I'm just carrying over there. But they certainly didn't look good losing 55-3 to in the opening week.
1: Kind of wasn't BYU. fair though. Kind of kinda not well, fair. Kind of not fair. Kind of against you guys, 25 years old, who sure. were practicing in Navy, were just running around tackling pads.
0: But it doesn't change the fact that it's a who knows. Who
1: knows. Yeah. And and you know what? And why? Let's put it this way. One of the the most enjoyable parts of college football and college basketball are those guys who emerge. Every year, guys on teams emerge. Um I, I, one of the best for me was was Dave Ball. Was it Dave Ball? I always get them mixed up. Who, it, was, who
0: I, it was probably Dave Ball. He was the really good yeah. one.
1: Okay. Dave Ball, first couple of years, yeah, right? Big old kind of Stanford guy, right? Then the guy became a monster. I mean, you would not have necessarily thought that that guy would become the monster he was, right? There's plenty of – Anthony Barr was a running back. <laughs> there are plenty of guys who emerge and just looking up and down just thinking looking up and down this roster and thinking there's there there just has to be guys who emerge even if the team isn't good there are going to be guys who emerge
0: i would say in 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 2019 at least there were more guys who submerged but you know i had to it was right there and i had to do it
1: I think you made a good call. I think Kyle Phillips is going to be a big time guy. I think he's
0: going to be a stud. Um, I, I And I, look, I'm excited to see Chase Cota, too, because I think we saw a little bit of it last year. But I think, you know, he, he had a, I would say his first year, he had some injury trouble. Also, just some of the feel for the game. He was taking way too big hits. Like, I think it was just kind of figuring it out at that level. Last year, I thought he emerged a little bit. I think he could be a big play guy. I think he has that potential.
1: Um, Okay. And my sleeper guy who might emerge, Greg Dulcich.
0: Well, see, now you're talking – now you're speaking my language because Dulcich is not my sleeper. Dulcich is my dude. (laughs) Okay, okay. Because I remember watching him in the USC (laughs) – I think it was the USC game. might have been the USC game uh, in that freshman year. And I'm like, who the hell is this guy? He's just some walk-on? But, I mean, he's got speed for that position. Um he doesn't remind me of him physically but just kind of the the playmaking ability he reminds me a little bit of Ryan Moya at the tight end position like he's not going to block anybody no but he can he can run and he can catch um and but, he's not but he's but not, he's not they, physically they, the same but kind of the same uh feel when i watch him catch the ball
1: But Dave see i think you're a little desperate for guys who who no, I love think, Dulcich. Th- who you think you've seen a lot of Do you know how many catches he has to date in his UCLA career? Like two, three? Wow. You went low. He has nine. He had eight last year. Well, dude,
0: he's a dude. See?
1: (laughs) We used to say Caleb Wilson was a dude when he returned. No, no, no. we
0: are are deep into Andrew Baumgartner territory here, Tracy. (laughs) Like, deep into it. That's what I'm saying, though. Like, when I look at this roster, and it's not – a lot of guys could emerge, but as it is right now, staring at it in what would have been, you know, the month before the season period, and I'm trying to assess it against rosters that I can remember in the past. This would have been one of those ones where you're sitting there, Doan's sitting there, and we're going through it and saying how many of these guys, like, should should be should we sit there with the UCLA scholarship?
1: I, I don't think that's true because back when we did that with Doan, we knew that there. Were... We knew. Well, we knew some this of those is guys,
0: uncertain. but the thing is we knew some of those guys literally shouldn't have had a UCLA scholarship That's what I mean. because we they were kn- mistakenly offered.
1: <laughs> right. We knew we, we weren't th- like we did, uh, deserved UCLA scholarship didn't deserve. And we knew those two groups. Then there was the small group that we didn't know this team. The major group is guys we don't know. And it doesn't help that we didn't get spring practice to even check them out. Um, I mean, just think about this. The linebackers, the starting, let's say Caleb Johnson starts at the will linebacker over Lenny Tola, which I think there's probably a good chance. Um, Bo Calvert, how many games did he play in as a freshman? One or two, maybe. He played one last year. Every other starter will have never played a snap. College football, and we're not counting JC with Mitchell Gude if he happens to start. Not one. There isn't one. There's a depth chart of seven guys at that outside linebacker defensive end position. Not one has played a snap. I mean, that's 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 a, that's a lot of uncertainty. Uh, you know, among the will linebacker, Caleb Johnson, Jakari Price, probably Jonathan Vaughn might start at safety, but he might end up there. I mean, then at, at the mic, Kenny Macedor, true freshman, a walk-on, Andy Cohen, Jeremiah Trojan, those are all guys who have not played a snap. So, wow, I'm so interested in watching the linebackers more than anything. I, I got to say, that's... <laughs> and I'm a little afraid, but I'm excited to see who step up, and I'll tell you why I'm a little afraid. Um, Chris Barnes who was a solid guy. You wouldn't say he was among the best middle linebackers at UCLA in the last 15 years, right? Yeah. Uh, and, uh, I mean, he's done really well in the NFL.
0: He's a so, he's an active roster member of the Green Bay Packers, yes.
1: Who started for the Green Bay Packers. Yes. And that was the guy who was just so, – so that kind of scares you a little. Like if you don't get a starting Green Bay Packer <laughs> – with three years of experience to play as a linebacker, what's, what is this go- going to be? It's and then, and then, like I said, you've got the scheme. And the scheme is, if you did watch that Navy game and you overlooked how much they were getting run through and you just kind of looked at it schematically, you could see what they were doing. They move a lot. Pre-snap, they move, they drop off the line, they, you know, uh, zone blitz, they move a guy, they move a corner up to the line they drop that star guy he moves all around so there's a lot of movement there's a lot of trying to take the offense by surprise which i i like they just didn't have the personnel to pull it off so and then the big thing too is where do you get a pass rush from
0: um that's and that's what i was kind of thinking of when i was writing the osa thing because i i, I think they've loaded up obviously, on a bunch of edge guys. But they're all unknowns, you know? I think we can talk ourselves into Damian Sellers. I don't know if he's a pure pass rush type. I I, I can certainly see him doing that. I think he's more of a, you know, he can kind of do a lot of different things. Um, But I think there's a a few guys on this roster who are new who could fill that role. Um, I just don't know if any of them will. Um, And a lot of that's going to be scheme dependent. If they change the way they work up front, if they change the way they come after quarterbacks, um, you know, they're going to
1: have to do that.
0: They're going right. to have to, but they've had to for two years and it kind of hasn't happened. I mean, I think they changed up with things a little bit last year where they went, you know, smaller on the interior. They went with quicker guys up front. And I think that generated some pressure. I don't think it showed up in the sacks column that much. And I think teams adjusted to it. But, you know, putting Isabor on the inside, um, you know, working a diggy more as like almost a nose, like doing all that kind of stuff worked. Uh, to an extent, and I think they're going to try to do more of that this year. Um, But if they can't get a real edge rush, you're going to end up ultimately with the same issues because you can't do everything through the interior. They just don't have – you don't have a good enough setup uh, to do that. And frankly, most teams can't just pressure you through the interior. Um, So it's going to require some edge, and you you just don't know because you're counting on a lot of newbies. And sure, somebody in there should be able to do it. We just don't know
1: so much uncertainty and just to put it so that we're just not talking out of our own memory last year uh, UCLA was 63rd in the country in sack percentage it that was an improvement if you remember from 2018 when it was horrendous and they really really try to improve it in 2018 they were 123rd in the nation if that's possible and they moved up to 63rd so it went from horrendous to mediocre Um, And that was with guys like Keyshawn Lucy or, you know, experienced guys. I I understand that maybe Josh Woods, who's a great human being and had potential as a football player, was injured so many times. Maybe those guys didn't have the talent to do it, like back in the day with Anthony Barr and, you know, Cassius Marsh and guys like that. But still, those are experienced guys, and that's the best pass rush they can get. So... They need someone to step up. They need to find a pass rush threat. Um, and as you said, Osa led the team last year with 3.5 sacks. I don't I think he's going to be seeing double teams. He plays mostly he doesn't play like 5 technique and wider. He's he's more interior than that. So, inside and double teamed, someone else needs to step up and supply a threat or Osa's is going to get pretty much Osa is good enough to where he'll be able to have an impact, but he won't have the impact he can if he's getting double team. So someone needs to step up a lot of uncertainties.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think that's kind of the, the, I, I mean, I think that's true everywhere really. Um, I think there's, I, I don't think there's a position group on the team where that isn't, um, in some way. True. I think the got what, what position group has the most stability to you? Cause receiver, I, receiver I think it's got to be receiver, right? By
1: far, not even close. Yeah. And I mean, you've got, you got one of the best, you got the best skill. Well, Demetric Felton is practically a receiver. So he's let's count him half him. And yeah, let's say Phillips. you've
0: got between, between Phillips, um, Felton and I'll even, I'll even throw Coda in there. You've got yeah. a, you've got a good group of targets. Um, and, I think Jalen, Jalen Irwin started the year good, and then I think he tailed off massively, but there's a chance that now that he's gotten his legs under him and playing a full Pac-12 season, that he's more geared up and ready to go this year.
1: And Um, then you've got the biggest mystery player on the team to me is Michael Ezeke. Yeah. Yeah, because what happened to that guy? I don't know. I thought freshman year, I thought, wow, this is going to be an impact player. Can't wait to see him as a sophomore.
0: Well, they've got the best off, one of the best offensive tackles playing tight end in the country, I think. No?
1: you're going to go with that, huh? You
0: don't think so? No, guard, more yeah. of a guard. What do you think? Yeah,
1: no, he's a tackle. I guess what? he's a tackle.
0: Um, yeah, uh, he's he's you know what, Mike Martinez. He might be able to turn. He might be able to turn into um, a real dude there. He's got some talent, uh, clearly. Um,
1: but... Let me talk about Ezekiel for a second. 12 receptions as a freshman. Yeah. Last year, he played in more than four games. He played in, I think he played in like eight or nine games. You None know how many receptions he had? How many? Zero. <sighs>
0: Was that Doghouse? It... I thought that, I thought I remember that being Doghouse.
1: I'm so, uh, I can't, it's so long ago. There I were so many remember. guys who
0: missed weird time last year where we never got like, There was never a definitive Chip Kelly made a statement about them. They were just gone, and then we got sourcing about it. But it was just so many different guys that I can't remember the particulars of each situation. I think he was doghouse.
1: Yeah, I think he was. I think he was, too. But, I mean, whatever it is, you play in nine games, you burn your year, and you don't, I, I mean, he wasn't, I don't, I think you could count on one hand how many times he was targeted. Go maybe ahead. i don't know that's i yeah that's that was one of the most frustrating personnel uh phenomenon of last year to me yeah uh when we're talking about players who were disappointing you know like <laughs> just a lot of names flash through my mind but like elijah gates let's say michael aziki was number 1 I, I i just didn't get that at all and he's perfect for Chip Kelly's offense because he's essentially the size of a tight end who can draw some matchups where right? he's going to dominate he would have been a guy I would have in this offense you would have used quite often 65 right. 240 probably i mean yeah so i'm i'm excited to see him if he's in the doghouse again and he doesn't come out of it i'm just i'm going to say this and everyone might not like it mike you, you got to go yeah no you you gotta go this just isn't right
0: yeah no it's that's that's not a good situation because you got talent buddy so you know
1: and maybe there's something else I mean I haven't heard it I tried I tried to find out if there was something disciplinary or or whatever there there was there if there might have been academics everything but I didn't hear that so yeah yeah. so Michael Ezekiel guy to watch biggest mystery of the year I think so yeah, everyone. Watch.
0: Yeah. But, okay, so wide receiver, I think we say it's a point of relative stability. But, like, next on that list is maybe defensive line, but we're talking about a position group that still doesn't have a pass rush like we just talked about.
1: Easily defensive line. And that that's not because they're so good and reliable. It's just because we know their names. <laughs> it's because we, we have seen them all play, and as we've repeated many times, There are seven juniors and seniors. Totally. Um, (laughs) Seven. Let's count them. Seven. (laughs) They're all going to leave. I had to mix this in sometime in this podcast. There are seven guys. If I mean, that's other than everyone being granted an extra year of eligibility. But seven guys who are going to be leaving. And very little recruiting being done at that position. Um, But I think Osa Digazoo is actually, in my opinion – the
0: best player on the team. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, I think he's, uh, I don't know if he's the best NFL prospect. I mean, we'll have to see some of these freshmen, but certainly an NFL prospect and also uh, uh, for his position, the most productive defensive player on the team. Um,
1: Sean, Sean Ryan might be the most the best nfl prospect long you know when he gets out of college but yeah, i
0: mean we'll see what damian sellers looks like when he's in a college uniform like that's yeah. just what i mean like we can yeah. we'll see a few of these different guys but yeah it's sean ryan it's osa Degazua, you know you could talk me into some other guys too but uh, i think osa has a claim to in um one of the more talented guys on the team and also one of the most productive um
1: and kind of thankful that you know, I'll just give Osa a shout out, you know, when a lot he was he's a Mora player is recruited by Angus McClure. And I mean, they I would say Chip Kelly's program made them jump through a lot of hoops to prove that they still wanted to be there and to prove themselves. And Osa did it. Um, he went through that gauntlet and he's still here. And I think the best player on the team. So a lot of a, a lot of credit to him.
0: Yeah, so then and, and then I think literally after that, it's like quarterback where Dorian Thompson Robinson is still a, a complete wild card to me. Like, I don't know what you're getting from him game to game, um, and I don't know what you're going to get from him over the course of seven game season. Uh, but like, that's what we're talking about. The The main source of like consternation on our message board is probably number three when we're ranking the stability of position groups. Yeah. yeah, that's just uh, yeah. this is a team of unknowns.
1: Uh, and you know what? Just uh, maybe this is letting him off the hook too much. But if Dorian Thompson Robinson just didn't lead the nation in turnovers. <laughs> that's yeah. Idiot. Yeah. No, if I he, mean, if he, if he if didn't he have just like had, just
0: empty hand fumbles, like if he times. just
1: take a f- just not all of them out, but just take a few of those out where he made a good decision and didn't turn around, run backwards and fumble the ball or. Just a few of those. You would probably look back on the year and said, "Well, I mean, he didn't have a lot around him at the time." You wouldn't have said it was that that horrible. It wasn't a horrible year. But no, you, 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 would have said,
0: s- you would have said incremental improvement. Um, yeah. The turnovers right. were what made it basically uh, no improvement at all. Um, but you would have said incremental improvement if he'd been able to keep it to I don't know, like fourteen total turnovers. Um, but it was, I think, 19 or 21. I can't remember the number. Um, but, yeah, you can't lead the country in personal turnovers. You just – yeah, that's
1: that's not going to win you too many games. I think so, it was 19. I think it was 19. Uh, there were 12 interceptions. Um, <laughs> and then I just got to bring it up because one of my favorite things I, – I don't know who asked Chip Kelly at one of the scrums, do you want your quarterback to just turn around with his back to the line and just run backwards? And he said – I can't even remember, so I'm not going to quote it, but it was something like it was okay, right?
0: Yeah, basically. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, there's going to be a football season.
1: Yeah. And isn't that exciting? Did you watch uh, Chip Kelly on Dan Patrick? Yeah. I mean, doesn't it sound like Chip... Is really pessimistic about the season. Yeah, it sounds. <laughs> yes, it doesn't. Sound <laughs> I mean, good. come on! Look at all the games that have been canceled. I mean, we've got seven, but what are the chances we actually play seven? Who knows what happens? But <laughs> he's very much in. Ben Bulch, the LA Times writer, has a long-running joke about how I don't even know if if our if Chip Kelly is this Zen kind of guy who's very much in the moment. And that's all he cares about. But that's what he says. That's his go-to when you're asking him questions like, Ben, I'm not thinking about tomorrow. I'm thinking about the next couple of minutes. In the Dan Patrick thing, I mean, he was very speculative about what could happen. Don't you think?
0: Yeah. No, it's it's all a game for him, like the media shit. Like, it's just, I'm just going to babble something to Ben Bolch. But no, he's he's always doing this. He's always just talking nonsense about the future. Um it's unknowable. I think it's just, I guess,
1: you know what it, it is saying what he's saying. Like he only knows the moment. So he can't know the future. That's what he was. It was really more consistent with his, you know, Zen, like philosophy of only being in the moment um, that he doesn't know what's going to happen. So he can't even talk about it. Um, you know, everyone could of seven game season. They could play four. So, yeah. Um, but I thought it was rather pessimistic. Didn't you? The yes. World I thought
0: I thought he was he was he was very pessimistic.
1: Yeah. It wasn't like that combined with when Dan Patrick asked him about who was, you know, if the Pac-12 would have a candidate to be in the call. And he said, "No, you're right." I mean, it it wasn't it wasn't a greatly optimistic, <laughs> positive kind of interview. But you know what? I'm going to rewatch it and see if I were if I'm just wrong.
0: No, I thought I thought you're right. I think your read is correct.
1: Okay. So And I understand we're all a little pessimistic coming out of these seven months. Um I get that. One hundred percent. I think but you know, if the one thing I've learned is college coaches if their one defining characteristic is is optimism and even unjustified optimism. <laughs> you know, that that's what they are that's what that's what coaching really is and speaking of which i gotta do a plug everyone needs to watch ted lasso have you seen that yet dave you probably haven't because i know you have no spare time none but if you're up literally at two in the morning and you can't sleep and you have a little time and you get uh apple plus watch ted lasso it's it's really it's a feel good thing but it wins you over and it's got a some a little bit more sophistication and depth going on to it, which is kind of interesting. I think you'd like it. OK. OK. I will let's check it out. Going. OK.
0: So are we are we are we good on football?
1: Yeah, let's go to basketball.
0: Basketball season. There's going to be one. It's exciting. We kind of knew this was going to happen anyway. Um I think the speculation was always going to be about football. Um, but as of last week, we knew basketball season was more or less a go. But now it's officially a go. Uh, tipping off November 25th. Uh, there's some details to work out, like, you know, who the hell is going to play and how many games they're going to play in the conference season. But they're going to play. Yeah. And that's exciting news.
1: I think you can uh, probably rely on them playing in the legacy.
0: Yes. Right? But Georgetown uh, is apparently pulled out already.
1: Okay. Uh, that will be in – Is that's in Orlando, correct? Correct. Okay. So – that was over Thanksgiving weekend. I think you can probably rely on that. I would bet you can rely on the Marquette matchup at Poly, and I'd have to think Kentucky happens too, right? So, you know, if you if you have twenty Pac-12 games, they were before all this happened. They they had expanded to twenty conference games. You're right about there. I mean, I, I think that what was what was the NCAA saying they were shooting for? 25 or 26 games total?
0: Yeah, it was like 24 to 26.
1: Okay, so that would be it, kind of right there. Um, maybe one more in there somewhere, but, I, I you know, UCLA's going to launch right into it for the Wooden Legacy. Uh, and Georgetown's out, eh?
0: Georgetown is out, apparently.
1: Kansas and Virginia and UCLA. So they need to a... – why is Georgetown out? Why did they pull out?
0: Uh, something about travel restrictions to Florida, I believe.
1: I mean, are, they're going to play in the uh, – I don't know this. I'm legitimately asking. They're going to play in, like, the NBA bubble, won't they?
0: Yeah, a... but I, I, I don't think that's, like, magic. I mean, I think you got to be okay. in the bubble for, like, weeks ahead of time. Um...
1: Right. Right. Still impressive though that they're going to use that. It's because me.
0: of travel restrictions related to going to Florida. This is according to Oh, our, because yeah.
1: It's it's about Florida. <laughs>
0: yeah, I think it's about it being in Florida.
1: Aha. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Well, that will be interesting. We didn't know who UCLA was, you know, who was who they were matched up with first and second game. But still, Thanksgiving weekend uh, you're probably going to be locked up at home, not seeing a lot of friends and family. So at least you'll have this. Uh, more than likely, that will be starting UCLA season. Yeah. Pretty exciting stuff, right?
0: That's going to be so much fun.
1: Um, coming, uh, you know, the basketball team has been working out for a week. Uh, they started on Monday. Uh, I posted from uh, that I, I had heard. That Jalen Hill looked physically like a lot bigger. I got I got some flack on the forum that no one wanted the yoke report. They just want to know if he's developed more skills. And I'm sorry, the little uh, camera that I placed in Mo Austin, I couldn't see a lot of the skill work. So I apologize for that. Um, I did hear that uh, Johnny Juzang does appear to be very skilled. He's got a very good footwork, good shot kind of thing. Um, We are going to be talking to Mick Cronin next week. So he will give us a rundown. I'm going to ask him, or you're going to ask him, if we can pull that off, if you are available. Literally about every player on that team and how they've looked in, in a week of workouts. They're not practicing fully. It's still just workouts. They... They do use basketballs. They are shooting them, but there's no physical contact so far. I mean, but you've got to believe these guys. Even the ones that have been working out. So they had five straight days, and the way it works out for each guy, you do. They're kind of rotated in, so they did a first, I think, weights maybe, and then they did on the court, and then they did conditioning or something or the other way around. And it's a, it's a full. It's over two hours, probably. A little bit more than two hours of these guys five first five days. So you gotta be thinking this weekend there they might be a little sore. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: But can Did we talk see- about can we talk about this? Because Caleb yes. just posted this and I think this is the perfect attitude. Perfect okay. way to think about the basketball season. Very happy for Chris Smith. Guy yes. guy makes has to agonize over this decision for months. Not yes. knowing anything about what's going to happen, having to speculate, having to base it off of all kinds of other stuff, doesn't know if a season's going to happen. Now he's going to get more or less a full basketball season to showcase himself for his senior year as a potential first round pick. That's awesome. So awesome. good to see a decision rewarded like that.
1: Yeah, especially one where, I mean, a lot of times you have enough information to make a decision. He didn't really have enough information. No, make. he had to
0: make one of the hardest decisions, I'm sure, of his life. Um, and yes. one of the most momentous, one of the most impactful. Uh, and it's, you know, he's got to obviously play and he's got to obviously show out. But uh, to to actually have the opportunity now, that's huge. That's awesome.
1: Is the NBA G League going to play?
0: I don't know. I, I'm not following the G League. I haven't watched a minute of the NBA playoffs either.
1: Do you understand the implication of what I'm saying? No, that um, Dacian Nix might yeah, but not. He's even... already
0: getting money, isn't
1: he? Yeah, but don't you want to? I mean, if you if if you would have said, "Hey, Dacian, how are you?"
0: <laughs> hey, hey, Tracy,
1: <laughs> come over. I want to talk to you. Uh, okay. Um, you sound just like him. It's uncanny. Um, I've got a crystal ball. Look, this thing's amazing. Really cool. Picked it up at this little five and dime. Um, it says you can either, absolutely for certain, play your freshman season at UCLA, 100%, or make $300,000 and go to the NBA G League Select, which might not play. Um, and it's really uncertain. And let's just say, no, let's just say it's uncertain. What decision would you make?
0: Uh, well, Tracy. The thing is, hey, you know, Mister
1: Pearson, to you, Jason.
0: Yeah, uh, well, I, I like money, and Can as I somebody probably somebody probably who likes answer. money,
1: I'm, pro- I'm probably still going with the three
0: hundred thousand. But I appreciate the offer, and I appreciate you. Okay,
1: that's okay.
0: uh, for being real. That's what I think my man, is saying.
1: Okay, got it. I'm looking it up right now. NBA G League discussing bubble tournament with ignite i guess that's what they're
0: yeah i just I, I have a hard time seeing uh move back on that decision maybe uh but i have a hard time seeing it um okay i think they're you know m- money it, he's already thought well enough to get that kind of money from the g league so he's thought well enough to probably just move on with his professional okay.
1: career well we are very happy for chris smith I'm when very that, happy
0: for Chris Smith, yeah. and frankly, you're just you're trying to go. You're trying to grab a little bit too much. This team's yeah. already going to be damn good. We don't. It's going to be fine. It's going to great.
1: I was only doing it because the majority of my life is writing something and then anticipating what every question will be from what I write. So I don't spend hours and hours with follow up posts that I'm answering. I'm just trying to answer all the questions in
0: no just bat one away.
1: thing. Just bat them okay. away. Okay. So, yeah, Um,
0: there's going to be a football season. There's going to be a basketball season. It's all very exciting. We're going to – we've already started, but there's just going to be so much, so much preview content over the next month and a half. Like two months, really, heading into basketball season too. It's going to be the most packed December of our lives. Um, It's going to be tons of fun. It's going to be really tiring Um, for them, not for us. We we write about sports –
1: uh, well, well, the best thing is they can't go to the games. They can't go to the right. games. So you have Brewing Report Online, and we are going to be giving you so much content that you'll be able to just sit at home, watch the games, and spend so much time on the site. You can just consume. Consume. Consume.
0: Nothing but consume. Yeah. You know nothing but consumption. That is because your role.
1: Because we're we're burning no time driving to and from games or to and from yourself. We
0: we are just like a like a, a mother bird. We are just providing you content, kind and of the mother shit. And no no no, and you're just opening your mouth and taking it all, all right.
1: in. I got it. Yeah.
0: You know, we're like a mother bird.
1: That that's it. I mean, and that's kind just of an content idea. is I,
0: pouring I, out of us, and you're just consuming if
1: you, it. If you had to sit here at home under semi lockdown. This is really good news, right? October, November, December is going to be really fun.
0: Oh, it is. It's going to be uh, it's going to be so much fun. Um, and it's going to be like, okay, that football season, we talked about this last week, but just to reiterate, it might be good, might be bad, but it'll be football. Basketball season, though, that's going to be really good. It's going to be a lot of fun. I, I, I give almost my Dave Woods guarantee, which is like 40% accurate. It's going to be really good. It's going to be a lot of fun. You're going to really enjoy basketball season.
1: I think so. I think it's going to be one of the most kind of enjoyable Novembers. Yeah. Really. I mean, Thanksgiving weekend. I mean, come on. You know, don't let anyone hear this, but you really don't want to see your relatives, do you? No. Or just like
0: watch them out of the corner of your eye while you're watching the game.
1: I don't want to go to Uncle Harry's house. I might have COVID, and I I really feel I could infect him. We're going to have to stay home, honey.
0: Yeah, no Uncle Harry. Yeah. So there you go. Uncle Tracy. Uncle Tracy. That's who you want. You don't want Uncle, (laughs) Uncle Harry. None of that.
1: All in all, I think this week, you have to say, gave you some hope just to enjoy yourself more over the next few months. Right? Yes. Okay, good. That's what we want to be here for everyone. We want to be the...
0: Pushers of, of hope drugs.
1: Which is what we used to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, now if we can just get recruiting going. Recruiting.
0: Recruiting. You got Southern recruiting. there. You're really embracing that 247 lifestyle.
1: <laughs> you don't want to talk about that, do you? No. <laughs> Would you – I'm just going to say this. Would you consider yourself like censored, censured, censured, censored? Uh,
0: no. Okay. No. Never. Me?
1: Who? Yeah. Never. Yeah. Sometimes. Hey, so we're wrapping this up, but I just want to say one thing. I'm going to drop a little semi-bomb, and it's probably going to frustrate a lot of you, but there's some – almost startling good news potentially happening for UCLA. And that's all I can say right now because you would not want me to have any influence on any kind of real things. We're just here to observe. We don't want to impact. So wow, that was cool. That was like real sound effects. Yeah. Uh, Sending you off into your uh, weekend. Just thinking that all of this is going to be fun. You're going to have a few months that are fun. While on top of it, there's some other potential good news developing out there that you should be really happy about. So don't worry about details. Just go go out into the world. Just go forth with a glow with a little happy tidings. Go out to your living room with a little bit of happiness and optimism.
0: There you go. Put a smile on your face for the first time. in months and months all right well that's it for us uh i'm david woods brewing report online he's tracy pearson also brewing report online and we will talk to you again next time
1: keep staying safe out there guys